This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. South of the border, the Trump show just gets wilder by the day. Donald Trump is in hot water again over allegedly giving Russia classified information about Islamic State terrorists when the Russian foreign minister attended a meeting in the Oval Office last week. So here's how the White House reacted. The story was denied by the National Security Advisor, H.R. McMaster, yesterday. But since then, the president himself seemingly confirmed it. He's been tweeting again. And what he has tweeted is that he was justified in giving out this information because he wants Russia to be more involved in the fight against ISIS. But the word is that the information in the first place actually came from a third party, so it wasn't Trump's to make the decision about sharing it. Now, if if you watch the U.S. news, like this is just another storm, it's all people are talking about, what do you think about it? I know that a lot of people here are big Trump supporters. Uh, Has the cumulative nature of all these things changed your mind? And and, uh, people on the other side, there are a lot of people who keep saying it can't keep going on like this. He's going to be out. He's going to be out soon. Uh, Is that just wishful thinking? So the numbers to call about Donald Trump, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And right now, let's go to U.S. journalist and conservative pundit, Paul Paselli. Hey, Paul. Hey, how are you? Fine. How are you? I'm, I'm good. We live in interesting times. Wasn't that the old phrase? I'm not sure. I think that's what it was. I think that's what it was. So what do you make of this? Well, you know, number one, um, they took a poll, they, the ubiquitous they, of, of the hundreds of pollsters we have. There was a poll taken about, I don't know, about two weeks ago, I think, and they do these things constantly down here. Um, they polled Trump supporters and people who had voted for him, and about 3% of those people they, they either regretted their vote or were having some worries. So about 97% of his base is still sticking with him. Now, having said that, um, with this episode, um, with, with uh, the H.R. McMaster statement yesterday, and I understand, Libby, I think, I believe as we speak, or within about a few minutes, he's going to be addressing the media again. I think I just saw something there. Um, so Donald he, Trump himself? No, I believe it's McMaster who okay. wants to clarify things. I believe, yeah. It, 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 it's uh, an advisory. I, I could be wrong, but that's what I think I just saw seconds before we went on here. Um, uh, <laughs> this episode and the others, the tweeting, the remarks, um, I think two things are happening here. I think, number one, um, people are, 
I know it's a weird thing to say, but um, the perception is I think that people are sort of almost getting used to it with him. But number two, I think this is showing, and even some of my Trump friends who are supporters or supporters of the president, they're frustrated at what is coming over as his impatience. It's this type A personality that carried over from his his business dealings, where, let's face it, he built a lot of buildings. He built a lot of them in New York. And, and I think he's finding it very difficult, as people warned, to have that sort of behavior and that sort of frankness and openness and my way or the highway attitude translate from essentially being a private developer. Yeah, he was a reality show star, but essentially a private developer who now has to segue over to the leader of the free world. Yeah, the, the, one of the things, I mean, you, you, you're you just confirming whether McMaster is going to uh, talk to the media again. I mean, he has some good people, and uh, I don't think they would take very kindly to going out in front of the world and saying something which turns out not to be true. It's not the first yeah, time that's happened. Yeah, there there are numerous stories here and in a lot of outlets that uh, uh, one of the big buzz stories over the weekend is that um, uh, will he shake up his White House staff? Um, and that's not, I mean, you know, that's not unusual. That does happen with presidents of both parties. The problem here, I think, is there's a perception that um, he may be being told one or two things do this, don't do that, and perhaps his impulsivity, um, if that's a word, um, is, is getting the better of him. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Um, and I think he is visibly and, 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 and emotionally very angry at, frankly, what the Democrats are doing of keeping this, you know, the Russian narrative uh, alive here. You read very, very often, uh, numerous times a day, about how that is really outwardly angering him. And the best thing would be if somebody would tell him, listen, listen, this is what it is. You've got to grow a thick skin here and let this thing just play out. Well, you're a conservative. Um, what do you think, personally? Listen, I will, personally, I will freely admit that Donald Trump was not my first choice. Um I never thought he would get the nomination. Never, never. I never thought he would get the nomination. Personally, my pick was Marco Rubio. Um, I, I think he would have he would have offered that kind of, as one Clinton supporter put it, or one Clinton operative uh, put it in an opinion piece down here once. Uh, we fear uh, Rubio because that would be a JFK moment, the Kennedy moment for the Republicans. But having said that. Um, I think, personally, two things have to happen. I think the president himself has got to take a breath and understand that he's going to have to take punches. Um, and that disappoints me that he's, he's not realizing, or maybe he is, and just doesn't want to drop the fact that he won when everybody thought he couldn't. And, and number two, along with that, um, he needs to get more support, and this is um, a big criticism of Republicans here, 
um, he seems to be being supported only and inconsistently by his White House staff. You don't really see a lot of members of Congress getting up there and saying, listen, this is a lot of noise. Take a look at some of the accomplishments already. Uh, you know, the stock market is setting records two or three times a week. Border crossings are down 70% with Mexico and the U.S. simply because of what, uh, of what Trump has said. Business leaders who met with him say, this is wonderful. We haven't had an ear like this for our concerns in at least eight years in the White House. But for some reason, that's not getting through. And uh, people with uh, pre-existing conditions are very worried that uh, they're not going to have any health care. Um, yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and, that, and, and, and again, the messaging on that is awful as well. You're right. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give the numbers out again, because I'd like to hear what our listeners think. Uh, from our uh, little perch here north of the border, are you? is this the last straw with Donald Trump? Do you think he's getting a bum ride? Do you still think he's really good? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I am on the line with Paul Pacelli. And, Paul, you know, I saw a really interesting piece of commentary on the weekend in the New York Times uh, from a conservative named Charles Sykes, who yeah. is uh, from the heartland, I think, from, from Wisconsin. And yeah. basically what he said was right now the only thing that is uniting Republicans is they are that they are anti, anti-Trump and that he has no respect for uh, real conservative values of law and order and, and um, uh, you know, the rule of law, basically. And he flouts certain norms that are near and dear to conservative hearts. What do, what do you make of that assessment? Well, that's, you know, I think I did actually skim that piece a few days ago. Um, you do still have, uh, especially in the editorial class and in the people, you know, that run the conservative magazines, there is still a, a significant never, well, you can't say never Trump again because that, that's not going to work, an anti-Trump um, uh, uh, a, a wave of thinking. Um, but then you also have a number of people in the party, although they're not very vocal about it, as I mentioned, who also say, well, what's the alternative? Uh, he won. Um, you didn't want Hillary. We had 16 or 17 people running, and for some reason, uh, he won. And, and I agree with those people when they do bring up a point. Why did Donald Trump win and the other 15 or 16 people did not? Why did that happen? What was his message? Libby, I can't tell you the number of people leading up to the general election who I talked to who said that it was the first time they had voted in their lives, and it was only because of what they heard Donald Trump say. Now, I think personally that's what a lot of conservatives and Republicans, and I understand they have their issues with the president, I get that, that's what they have to be focusing on, especially heading into the midterms in a little over a year from now. Okay, let's uh, let's take a call from Mike in Oakville. Hi, Mike. How are you, Libby? Fine. How are you? Good, thanks. 
I just want to point out that uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., who represents, I believe, Massachusetts, has come out and, and stated that Donald Trump can actually become the greatest president in American history. And isn't that, pretty, isn't that interesting how it's uh, like that? I, I, you know what? I have to, uh, I wonder what came after that line. Um, Check it out. It's on the web. You can look it up. He was, he was interviewed by, I forgot which, which one of the uh, media outlets. And he can report. The reason, listen, all of this is, all of this has happened with, with Trump and everything is, is, a, is an attack on him. They're trying to bring him down as, as much as possible. All those guys that are conservative are not conservatives. They've had a they've had a hand in the tail for such a long time, and people are just sick and tired of that. And I wish we had something like, like that up here in Canada because it's ridiculous the way Justin Trudeau is changing the rules as he goes along, gives out money left and right to supposedly uh, refugees, and some of them come in with more money than well, than uh, they could. Have, they could actually some of them actually I believe have bought houses already. Okay, and, and so like. Well, I think it's I think it's immigrants that are buying houses. Immigrants who come here with money. No, no, we're talking about refugees. I'm not talking about immigrants. You think the, you think? Listen, when somebody lives in in Lebanon for three, four years and comes to Canada, is he a refugee or an immigrant? Because they came in under the refugee flag. Okay. Though, well, actually, there are the the. It was a very interesting thing where uh, remember um, the during the war there a few years ago they found fifty thousand uh, Canadian citizens living there and these these were were not refugees they were people who came here and basically got citizenship of convenience people with means and went back to live in Lebanon with Canadian citizenship as kind of a backstop so they could be uh, evacuated when things go bad. So, um, yes, that happens, and that, to me, is egregious, but it, it wasn't an issue of refugees. Well, uh, anyway... They all, they, all, they, uh, they all came under the refugee flag, okay? Okay. Okay, okay Mike. And, okay. Yep. We, thank you. Okay, back to Paul and Donald Trump. Uh, so um, is this just, you know, uh, are we've, you, you mentioned that people have become used to this. So are we just going to, you know, have the tweet of the day? You know, um, maybe. Um, I, I, I know that the complaint that you read down here from many Republican members of Congress and the entrenched um, Republican and conservative D.C. class, the first thing they say, off and on the record, is that, you know what? He's really good at X, Y, and Z. Just stop the tweeting. Just stop. Yeah, but um, he won't. And, yeah, well, he went quiet on it for about a week, and it seems that that's what he uses to vent. So, you know, to the point now where, um, uh, you know, if you choose to be part of his communication staff, whether it's Sean Spicer or H.R. McMaster or Sarah Huckabee Sanders, um, this is something you're going to have to deal with. Now, you know it's not unusual for many presidents here to go through, you know, two, three, four White House spokespeople. Um, there's, you know, there are rampant rumors here that Sean Spicer is going to get canned. Well, and, yeah, and what what do you think the fall? I mean, Melissa McCarthy on Saturday Night Live was just hysterical. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and and I think sometimes you would make that move if you're sitting there going, wait a minute, 
the daily briefings, the first thing that is coming to people's minds when they see the daily White House briefings is Saturday Night Live. You may want to make a change <laughs> if that's the first thing you're thinking of, you know? Oh, just for, for that reason? Well, you, you know, Sean Spicer, um, I understand political people get lampooned all the time. But again, there was a big rumor in several of the major papers yeah. here over the weekend that a shakeup was coming already and Spicer might be the first to go. And they, they've been floating a number of media people for this position. Uh, they've been floating Kimberly Guilfoyle from Fox News. Laura Ingram was uh, the talk show host, one of our talk show hosts down here. Well, was she was floated before Spicer got yeah. the job. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, who knows? The other thing at play here that I think really reinforces um, Trump's supporters and the people still sticking with him, Libby, is, is, is this whole Russian thing. And, and, and um, this is a narrative, I believe, personally. And listen, from a political point of view, from a tactical point of view, I understand what the Democrats may be doing here. They are keeping this Russian collusion narrative going as long as they can. And um, uh, the call for a special prosecutor is being made because special prosecutors tend to take six months, eight months, a year, two years to get their job done. Okay. They'd love to keep this going toward the midterms. Okay. Paul Paselli, thank you so much for that. All right, Libby, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.